It's Thursday, December 9th. You're listening to the Magnificent Fantasy Football Show. Holy week 13, you beautiful, beautiful bastard. Good molly, Miss Golly. What a hell of a week last week, am I right? Especially if you were one of the five downloads that listened to this podcast. You had a good week. You done pretty good. You're pretty happy with yourself. Um, Not if you were playing me in Rocco's Kitchen, of course, because I took took that down on the main slate. Uh, I took down the showdown on Sunday night. Should have taken down the showdown on that stupid Bills. Um, was a Bills and uh, Patriots game Monday night. His only lineup that had defense, and then I had both of the defenses, but I fell in second. So I had a hell of a weekend, kicked everybody's ass. Um, at one point, thought I was going to be best in the nation in that Millie Maker. Just a hell hell of a week. Absolutely killed it. So let's look at how I did it. Um, I condensed my list to high points per dollar. And then I also tried to call low points per dollar for the first time last week. And just looking at the high point per dollar guys on the list, I only had five wide receivers, three of the five, Justin Jefferson, Chris Godwin, and T Higgins. (laughs) I mean, they were the top three wide receivers, um, of the slate. Uh, I didn't have Deontay Johnson. He was kind of one of those guys that snuck in. I didn't really um, have my radar and kind of hurt um, my rankings, so to speak, later in the afternoon. So he snuck in there. Um, I had Dallas Goddard, one of two Titans I put on my list. So that was huge. Um, Over 100 yards receiving and two touchdowns. Yeah, at the tight end position, that'll do. That'll do just fine. Uh, running backs, I mean, there are just so many good running back plays. It really didn't matter. Uh, probably didn't need to pay up for Jonathan Taylor had a great game, but it wasn't a huge, you know, break the slate type of game. So you could have been fine without that with just how many good running back plays there were. Didn't really call any quarterbacks. Didn't really care. Um, I was actually, I built everything else and said, whatever about quarterback, actually had uh, Big Ben uh, for the most part. And then the news broke. There's going to be a Minshew Mania game. So bump that down to 4K. Then invest another 1K in the rest of your lineup that way. So obviously following the headlines, uh, making those late game adjustments, always very, very key and important. Um. Some of the low points per dollar guys I try to call. I think the best one I hit on was uh, Mike Evans. No, I take that back. Actually, you know what? Looking at all these guys I try to call, Mike Evans, a little ballsy. Uh, didn't get a touchdown. So he probably just paid for his salary at that point. But he had seven catches, 99 yards. So he did okay. Um, Cordero Patterson at 7K wasn't worth it. Didn't have any touchdowns. 
Uh, I think he only got you like 15 points. Saquon Barkley at 6,300 was too expensive. Joe Mixon at 8,100. I don't even remember what he did, but I know he wasn't up there. Um, so I'll take I'll take credit for that one. Yeah, carried the ball 19 times and only had 54 yards. So called that one. Jalen Waddle. Um, he got you like 18 points, so he probably paid for his salary at 64. So didn't really call any of these low points per dollar. Uh, and especially, here's one that stands out that totally broke the slate. I thought he was going to have a low points per dollar, but he kind of tore my chances of uh, getting into that Millie Maker range. Um, George Kittle, 5,900. At one point, legitimately legit looked like uh, Manatee Jackson was going to be number one in the nation, but George Kittle and Deontay Johnson just blowing up in late afternoon destroyed all hope. Destroyed all hope there. So, not too bad. Great weekend. And I was hoping to carry this momentum into this week, and I was thinking, let's do it again. And then I was looking at the slate, and I'm just like, Let's let's skip a week. Legitimately thought I'm going to skip a week. My brain can't handle it. The slate is too um, challenging. There's not a lot of obvious plays, but you know what? When people are feeling that fatigue, it really is time to to rise and shine, rise and grind, do all that good stuff. So I spent the time. It's actually not as challenging of a slate as I thought it would be. Um, but let's just really quick, before we get into it, we'll, we'll do the showdown. The Minnesota Vikings are on primetime television for some reason against the Steelers. Vikings at home. Love the Vikings at home. Just love, love U.S. Bank Stadium. Just such a great place to go to. Um. This is going to be a high-scoring game. Both defenses suck. Uh, The Vikings' defense especially sucks because they're going to be playing without Eric Hendricks and Anthony Barr, uh, which is really going to open up things for Big Ben, even Road Ben, which nobody should ever consider. He's going to do good. He's going to be able to throw the ball to whoever he wants. Uh, Najee Harris is going to be able to run it all over the place. He's going to catch a bunch of balls. I think the only uh, weapon on the Steelers' side, I wouldn't. I mean, this this entire slate really just comes to. I mean, quickly on the the Vikings side of the ball too. You've got no Thielen, uh, so obviously Justin Jefferson, um, Osborne, Ozzy for sure in play. Uh, Alexander Madison. Those are the kind of cream of the crop over there. So, I would just go on these high point total games. Go after the playmakers, and it's it boils down to three on both sides. It's Justin Jefferson, Ozzy, and um, what's his face, the sous chef Alexander Madison, and Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and Najee Harris. So if you could afford all six of those guys, that'd be perfect. Said and forget it. Unfortunately, it's not possible. I tried, not possible. So. You got to fade one of those guys so you can afford the other five. And I'll just leave it at that. Good luck figuring that out. And let's look at this main slate. All 
And we will start off with the Ravens going to Cleveland to play them Browns. And it's the second time they've played each other this season. Uh, There was a bye week for the Browns. I think they played the Ravens, had a bye week. Now they're playing the Ravens again. And let's, you know, really diving into some of this production. I know Landry had a lot of targets, um, but that was really it. He did okay with it. I am fading this game 100%. Just looking at the box score from the last time, um, I'm not gonna. I don't even, I'm not gonna just try to call out any point per dollar, you know, high or low in games. I'm gonna fade. I'm, I'm sure I could plant my flag on a few, but let's just like skip this one. It's not worth your time. <laughs> Which will bring us to uh, after the the quickest summation of a head to head ever. We'll go on to talk about the Jags versus the Titans. And also, second time these two teams have played. Uh, Also not interested in anybody on either side of this ball. Uh, I will... Okay, I'm going to back up one second. I will say James Robinson is interesting. Um, And you know what? James Robinson makes the list after I pause and just look into it. Um, Trevor Lawrence came out and uh, basically pleaded. He's like... Hey, James Robinson, he's our best player. He needs to be on the field more. End of story. So you've got that working for you. You've got the storyline. You also have the history. Uh, When he played the Titans this year, back in week five, carried the ball 18 times, 149 rushing yards, and one touchdown. So if he's being called out as the best playmaker on this offense that is just depleted and can't do anything, um, at 5,800, he's going to earn his price tag. So we got one. We got one in this game, but I'm not going to call out any other downgrades or upgrades. I'm over it. And we're going to look at the look at this theme the Raiders and the Chiefs playing each other for the second time. And look at the box score the last time they played each other. Tyreek Hill got a lot of targets. Um, he didn't have Tyree Kill yards per reception. He got like 80 yards, uh, you know, under 100. So he didn't get that 100 yard bump. He got two touchdowns, which is kind of unusual. He usually only gets those touchdowns if he just breaks free uh, for a long bomb. So it's weird that he was utilized in the red zone. Uh, he actually has a matchup downgrade. It's it's kind of tough on the perimeter and on the slot versus defense. Because uh, you're facing uh, Nate Hobbs, one of the better slot cornerbacks in the NFL, and Casey Hayward on the outside, and they're going to be looking Tyreek Hill, uh, Tyreek Hill's way, early and often, which makes Kelsey, Travis Kels, Kelsey, um, over 100 yards this last game. They played each other pretty easily. I think he had eight catches. He did not get a touchdown in that game. Uh, if he would have, I'm sure his salary would have really just jumped up. But it's only at 74. For a guy like that, that's going to get you over 30. And I almost feel like it's pretty safe. He's going to get a <laughs> he's going to get a bunch of volume over 100 yards, and pretty safe to say he's going to get a touchdown this game. Um. So yeah, Kelsey, 
7400 he definitely makes it uh i would actually put tired kill as a downgrade at 83 do i have that right 85 yeah i don't think he gets it uh too tough of a matchup if i got cute i could put all i could almost put any like bare minimum price guy on the high points per dollar list because they just need like one or two catches and they make it uh but byron pringle getting more snap percentage north of 50 uh in recent games he's kind of panning out to be the number two wide receiver which there's not a lot there for that uh position in this chief's offense however if you know, Hill and Gordon, oh, it's weird to see Josh Gordon's name out here. He's not going to really matter. But if the only two open targets are Kelsey and Pringle, then Pringle at 3,200, if you need savings, he's on there. He makes the list. And on the other side of the ball, no thanks. Or, whoa, 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 whoa. Jump the gun. Definitely jump the gun. Because almost pretty much a lock of the week, in my opinion, Josh Jacobs. Uh, the lone man standing in the backfield after Kenyon Drake got injured and after seeing Javante Williams in the same exact situation last week versus the chiefs, you know, no Melvin Gordon. It was his show. He got tons of volume and Josh Jacobs is the number one wide receiver. had like nine targets last week. So he's the number one wide receiver and the number one running back versus a defense that'll give it up to the running back position. So Josh Jacobs, 6,200, definitely a lock, 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 lock. So that, that covers that one pretty well. We got Kelsey Pringle, Josh Jacobs, which brings us to a very exciting game where the saints will go to New York to play the jets. And, uh, yeah, obviously I'm, I'm being, uh, you know, full of shit anyway. Um, the New York football jets have somehow, I was kind of surprised to see this, have scored at least 13 points in all but two games this year. Uh, they've scored at least two touchdowns in all but three games this year. And kind of looking at that made me think, how is that freaking possible? But it doesn't make me want any piece of this Jets offense versus a really tough Saints defense, which is just as tough as um, the defenses they weren't able to get more than one touchdown against uh, this season. Um, that happened versus the Patriots twice and the Broncos early in the year when the Broncos defense um, was very healthy, had Von Miller and all that stuff. So versus a very tough Saints defense without Corey Davis, Zach Wilson still learning things and hasn't really been back from injury for too long. Uh, the Saints defense, only the fourth highest priced defense on the slate at 3,600. Uh, yes, please. I don't like to put defense on here or even think about going up, but this could be, could be a slate breaker. Uh, just wanted to call that one out. Otherwise, We've got one upgrade, and it's, guess who? Alvin Kamara. He's back at 7,900. He's going to be the number one wide receiver. Taysom Hill has, I mean, he's playing with the splint. 
and his freaking finger. So I'm not going to trust him to really air it out to anybody. I trust this Saints offense to lean on Kamara, healthy and back. And really the only uh, running back on their roster they're going to use because Mark Ingram is on the COVID list. So all that volume production going to Alvin Kamara as the number one wide receiver and the number one running back. So can't ignore it. And under 8K, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. Bring us to probably the game of the week. I mean, it for sure is. It's the Cowboys game. Uh, and the Cowboys going to Washington. And this might surprise you. But looking at how stout both defenses are and how well they've been playing, um, you do see those like top stars like McLaurin and CeeDee Lamb and you know, Mari Cooper's pretty cheap this week. Um, Antonio Gibson's getting a shit ton of volume. I just think both teams, uh, a lot of the field, the people, everyone thinks this is going to be one of the highest scoring games of the week. I'm going to disagree. It's, it's got a 47 and a half over under. Um, I think it's one of those time management, strategic 14 to 17 type of games. And I think everyone's appropriately priced. And I'm not going to try to predict a ceiling game for anybody. Amari Cooper with that lingering COVID cough, even though he's cheap, you know, under 6K. Um, yeah, I'm going to surprisingly fade this game. So shock of the week. Just shocked your system. I shocked you. And after getting shocked, let's go to a less shocking game where the Falcons will go to the Panthers. And got a few upgrades. We have Cam Newton, 5,400. Kind of a down week last week if he didn't have that. He kind of got where he was expected to get. Uh, Cam would be north of six. So I think we have a a very much a discount here. Um, You know, no C-Mac. So loses one of his best wide receivers, but he also loses uh, kind of a touchdown vulture in the red zone. I guess you could make the case for Chuba doing that same thing. But I, I don't know. I'm almost thinking this maybe it plays into Cam's favor. Maybe we'll just go with that storyline, that dialogue. So Cam Newton gets an upgrade either way at 54, too cheap. Probably going to get you um, Minshew numbers, like 18 points. It's fine. That price, take it. And um, we're adding Robbie Anderson at his lowest price point of the year at 4,300. Showing a little bit of a connection with Cam. He got a touchdown from him on Cam's first game back. Uh, Robbie Anderson has been lining up in the slot quite a bit, and DJ Moore is not the slot guy. Barely, rarely, barely, rarely goes in the slot. So Robbie Anderson, um, if he gets a little separation with one of his slot routes, he could break one at 43. It's the cheapest price he's had all year. It's worth it. And Brandon Zilstra, Zylstra, I don't know how to say that, um, but Mr. Brandon, uh, not much to say about this dude other than he's um, kind of, he, he leapfrogged, um, God, I can't remember, Ter- Terrence Marshalls, yeah, Terrence Marshall, that rookie, uh, stud rookie everybody loves, I, myself included, kind of leapfrogged him. Um, 
Am I saying his freaking name right? You guys know I'm talking about Terrence Mitchell Marshall. I'm not going to look him up. You'll figure it out. Anyway, that guy hasn't been playing, and Zilstra has. And he's a slot guy. He's a tall slot guy. Um, undrafted, fourth-year pro, 6'2". He, if you look at his box score, um, he gets like at least two catches a game, and he has a high yards per reception. So this guy gets open. He, he has some good yards after the catch. Um, and with no C-Mac, I think it could play in this guy's favor. And I'm also thinking it's a downgrade for DJ Moore's, uh He's not 6,200. I put 6,200 on my list. There's no way. Yeah, he is. He's only 6,200. Holy shit. Okay, that's really cheap for DJ Moore. So I'm not going to put DJ Moore as a downgrade on my list because that's way too cheap. He's probably priced appropriately. He faces a tough matchup um, with AJ Terrell, who has been killing it this year uh, in his second year. So DJ Moore, priced appropriately, definitely not a downgrade at 62, taking that one off the list. But if if he's kind of removed this chess piece, DJ Moore is removed from this board, it does make Cam look Robbie and Zilstra's way. Zilstra. Zilstra. Makes him look their way. Robbie and Zilstra. Uh, those two guys. He looks their way more. That's what I'm calling. And still have a lot of respect for the um, Panthers' deep. So, yeah, not going to get cute with Kyle Pitts' recommendation. Um, or cord, cord rail, no Patterson for me. Uh, Stefan Gilmore shot, you know, the shutdown cornerback. Still have respect for CJ Henderson. Hasn't been, you know, killing it, but rest of this defense really good with, you know, Shaq Thompson. We've got these other pieces on the line. Threadic. Um, it's just a tough defense. They're playing at home, and we're fading all of them Falcons. Bringing us to probably the toughest game for me to look at, and it's the Seahawks going to Texas, play the Texans, and I could see this game blowing up or being very boring. This is the most unpredictable game of the entire slate. So they're going to just be where you want as much exposure as possible or something to kind of fade. So I'm going to be kind of conservative when I talk about this because starting on the Texans side of the ball, uh, you're facing a Seahawks defense that will no longer have, in my opinion, one of their best defensive players in Jamal Adams. He's undergoing a season ending shoulder surgery. Yeah, that's a tough season ending shoulder surgery. It's a tough one to say. Um, so yeah, no Adams which I'm just going to say maybe everyone's priced appropriately, even though you've got Mills is probably going to start at 5K as a discount. Nico Collins, who I've just been waiting for, hoping for, he's you know getting like 60% snap percentage, not a ton of looks. Um, the secondary is meh. Uh, Collins at 3K. So... I mean, he is going to be a high points per dollar guy because he only needs like two catches at that point. But 
I guess I'll just put them on the list and take credit for it anyway. Um, Brandon Cooks at 5,700. That could be interesting, but again, it's like this Mills guy looking at his starts. He's been very hot or cold. It's just kind of all over the place. Like he's been bad against bad defenses. He's been good against good defenses. So it's, it's tough. This guy threw over 300 yards and a couple touchdowns against the Patriots. What the fuck? Um, and then can't get done against other teams. It's just, it's too unpredictable. So I guess this would be your, the, t- the, the matchup to target if you're going heavy in tournaments this week. And then on the other side, um, can't really trust any of the running backs. Wilson is looking more like Wilson. He finally had like 30 attempts at least last week. And it's pretty spread out between Metcalf and Lockett in tougher matchups versus the Niners. And when you look at this versus the Texans, they both had like eight targets last week. Um, I think they're both going to produce this week versus Texans secondary, not too well. And especially if they're uh, not really going to run the ball. So Lockett at 67 and DK Metcalf at 65 both make the high point per dollar list this week. And then next up is a Lions game. Always fun to attack Lions games. Um, they're going to go to Denver, play the Broncos. I'm kind of going to kind of kind of view the Broncos as the Vikings and how they played versus the Lions last week. Maybe just because they've got Teddy Bridgewater, you know, former Viking. But offenses are kind of similar. Um, definitely, you know, more studs at wide receiver. So you don't have a Justin Jefferson in this offense that's really rising to the top and making me think, must start, must start, must start. Because um, I love Tim Patrick at 48. I love Cortland Sutton at 53. I love Jerry Judy at 56. Um when I like that many guys, Fant should be doing good. I think it just makes it a, a quarterback play at that point. It's the safest way to go. Um, rather than trying to predict which one of those targets is going to get the touchdown, maybe they all just get like 12 points. You know, Maybe like Sutton gets a touchdown, but only like four receptions for 50 yards. Maybe Tim Patrick gets like six catches for 80 yards and Judy gets like a ton of targets and everyone's going to be looking at, um, you know, Javante Williams after his breakout last week. But if Melvin Gordon is back and playing, he's for sure going to at least soak up 50% of the snaps. And you're just going to see what you've been seeing all year long. And Lions have been tougher on defense. They held Madison to under hundred yards last week. So in a timeshare, even, you know, at those cheap price points, everyone's going to try to pick on it. And I'm going to say it's priced appropriately. So I'm not even going to touch those Broncos running backs. All I put on here is Teddy Bridge at 57 for a high PPD point per dollar. Um, Lions side of the ball. Uh, Swift might be back. I don't know. I think everyone's priced appropriately on the Lions side of the ball. Not going to bite into St. Brown's game-winning touchdown last week versus the Vikings. What the fuck happened there, Vikings? That's weird. Losing to the Lions, giving them their only win of the season. Just got to rub that in for a little bit. They're 1-10-1, and and the 1 stands for the win column, and they got that one win versus the Vikings last week. 
just had to spell that out. Um, so yeah, that's it. And then we'll just go on and talk about um, an interesting game with the Giants playing the Chargers. The Chargers will be playing without Keenan Allen. As of now, Mike Williams is on the COVID list, but doesn't have any symptoms and that hasn't tested positive, just a close contact. However, he was unvaccinated, close contact. So he has to go five days uh, before he can resume playing or, you know, practicing with his team. So assuming he's back by Saturday for like one walkthrough, he'll be playing. Mike Williams will be back. I don't care. I really like uh, perimeter defense for the Giants. It's definitely their strong suit. James Radbury and Dory Jackson. Dory Jackson didn't play last week, but he was close to suiting up. Didn't at the last minute. So I think perimeter defense is going to rule out Mike Williams and Jalen Guyton, even at his discount. Uh, I'm not interested. And I'm looking at who is going to fill the void at the slot. Who the fuck could fill that role? And it's, you know, Mike Williams and Guyton aren't really slot guys. They don't do that. It's not what they do. Um, Third round pick rookie Joshua Palmer, who nobody's freaking talking about, sitting down there at 3,000. Looking at the snap percentage, um, he lines up in the slot roughly 40% of the time. It's like high 30%, 30% mark. Um, so if he is the slot guy, then that could be very fascinating, especially versus a very tough uh, perimeter defense. Rolling out those other popular guys, Josh Palmer, lookout, could be the breakout for this dude. Obviously, 100,000%. Austin Eckler um, is going to soak up a ton of those Keenan Allen targets. Uh, so he for sure makes the high point per dollar upgrade list coming in at 8,300, even as the top priced running back. He's the guy. Um, so. That's that's it. That's all we got there. Don't make me talk about those Giants because I don't want to do it. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Could be Barkley, or sorry, it could be it could be Glennon, could be Jake from State Farm. We don't fucking know. So we don't even know who the wide receivers are going to be. Looks like Sterling Shepard. Eh, we don't know. Could be back. Could could sit out again. Same with Galladay. Uh, Tony leaning towards the outside, so at least a little bit of certainty there, but way too much freaking uncertainty, um, especially at quarterback. doesn't matter who's playing at wide receiver. Chargers defense hasn't been doing too good. Um, I don't like Barkley here. The run defense has been doing better. So Chargers defense could be a good play. Definitely probably one of the more popular plays. And quick price check on them. Uh, oh, they're just the, the highest price defense at 4300 So don't even like that. Um, and that's it. And we'll move on. San Fran playing the Bengals. Bengals at home. And I'm going to say these are both above average defenses. And everybody is priced appropriately. I don't see any mismatches. Anything standing out to me. So that's it. Any questions? Nope. Okay, moving on to the last game of the slate. And it's the Buffalo Bills going to Tampa to play Tom Brady in his 
you know, sunny Florida retirement state. The Bills have a tough defense. They're going to create tough matchups for everyone on the Bucks' offense, except, oh wait, Tredavious White is going to be out. Um, so yeah, upgrade Mike Evans uh, with Godwin. There's a funnel of Godwin last week. That's why he was on the list. So I'm not just going flip-floppy. Um, Godwin has a tougher matchup in the slot. Um, Gronk has a kind of a tougher matchup. Those safeties, those linebackers, uh, you know, they're very good covering the middle of the field. Fournette has a tough matchup. He might get some checkdowns. I don't know. I don't see him getting a rushing touchdown here. I see a lot of production going to Mike Evans funneling his way in a must-win, very tough game. Uh, and Mike Evans coming in at 67 Hundro, uh, 100,000% on the list. And then on the Bills' side of the ball, where's a very tough defense. You can't trust any of these running backs. Singletary, um, you know, whatever that other dude's face is. Can't think of his stupid Breda. Breda? The Cheetah Breda? Um, no thanks. No, thank you. Uh, if anything, it would be Cole Beasley for me. Uh, Diggs, just Diggs and Sanders, can't trust them on the perimeter. In this one versus that defense. So Cole Beasley getting a little loose in the slot. The kind of forgotten man who's had some big games coming in at only 5K. Yeah, I can hang. I can do that. We can do some Beasles. Give me some Beasles. Beasley, Beasley, the bees knees, Beasley. Um, and that's it. That's all we got. That that's that's the entire slate. We got through it. Um, <laughs> I thought I had more downgrades. I swear I had more downgrades. Anyway, I forgot to write all my downgrades. So let's just look at the let's look at the upgrades, shall we? We'll start at quarterback Cam Newton, 54, Teddy Bridge, 57. Running backs, we got James Robinson, 58. That's an abrupt stop. Anyway, James Robinson, 58. Over 150 yards rushing versus that Titans defense last time they played. Josh Jacobs versus the Chiefs. Lone man standing, getting all the volume as a top receiver. 6,200, too cheap. Alvin Kamara, um getting all the volume, lone man standing as well. Also the leading receiver, 79, Austin Eckler, soaking up some like Keenan Allen. Um, target share, 83. It's good. It's good. Good, solid running back list there. Have three running backs in your lineup. That's all I got to say. Wide receivers, tons of cheap options. So let's go through the cheapies quick. Byron Pringle, 32. Brandon Zilscher at 3K. Nico Collins, 3K. Josh Palmer, 3K. All of those punt plays will at least get one or two catches and give you that high points per dollar. Not sure if it's going to be worth it. They're going to have to actually get like touchdown or something for him to really blow up for you. Robbie Anderson, also dice roll 4,300, but you know, with DJ Moore getting that AJ Terrell matchup, he's going to get some more looks. We love DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett versus the Texans. Feels pretty safe to me. Mike Evans getting the ball funneled his way this week. Time for him to eat and Cole Beasley at fifth at 5K. 
Tight end, one guy, one man standing, Travis Kelsey, 7,400. I would talk about Brevin. Brevin? Yeah, Brevin, that guy from the Texans, tight end, rookie, stud of Miami. Called his name last week, didn't really work out, but he's getting the most red zone looks in that tight end uh, Texans offense. So pun option at tight end, we'll just put him down because can't go wrong. When a guy's been priced, Revan, Jordan, at 25 hundo. And I only had one guy. Oh, yeah, I was going to do DJ Moore, but I'm only calling one low point per dollar. Tyreek Hill, 8,500, not worth it. Um, didn't upgrade for Saints defense at 3,600. But you know what? That's not too bad. We, we figured out still a lot of names to sift through. Got to kind of just jam in some running backs and see what you can fit in at wide receiver. Um, go that way. You're spinning down at quarterback this week, but not too bad of a list. I think we kind of figured it out. Gave you some enough info to be dangerous and go out and make that cheddar good at cheese, y'all. 